Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Basor, and today is episode 31 and we're excited to welcome back guest Anquinette Jameson Sarfo, uh, better known as Q. Thanks for being on the show again, Q, this time with video. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate All right. it. And I even put on my video Ex- face. So. Excellent. Uh, unfortunately, me and Kevin did not. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look great, uh, no. guys. And then uh, I want to welcome uh, Kevin over at Chew Cannabis today. Kevin, what's happening uh, just around the corner, actually? Oh, not much, but I definitely need some help with my makeup because I'm, I am i don't even have the right lighting. Barely can see my face. I got to work on that. But uh, glad to have Q on the phone. You look great. I uh, appreciate having awesome. uh, you on the show again. And uh, today, Kevin, I mean, uh, Tom Beller at Real Leaf, normally here, not able to make it today. Uh, he's got some... Uh, some some business matters, so uh, it'll be us. But today I wanted to get back in. Q was on episode seven uh, early on in the show, and uh, you know, for those who don't know her, I I, I doubt that people don't. Um, she uh, you know she started off uh, as far as when we got to know her in the marijuana community for a long time. Fox Two's uh, news uh, as a morning show host for a long time, and was. Uh, uh, it was a really big deal when uh, you know first time I met met UQ was at a uh, it was down at Weber's Inn. It was after we were restarting the legalization campaign, and uh, that was the first time. And for us, you you coming on board was just a giant a giant giant uh, momentum builder. It, it it really was. I mean, uh, I remember it because we we fought scratch for anybody, and uh, you know, like uh, you, you came on early and. Uh, and, and and you believed in it and it, and it helps you. Uh, I know that you're very vocal about it. So that was that was huge. And uh, you know from there you uh, you opened up Botanic. I always call it Botanic Cube, but Botanic. I got it right this time. And yeah. uh, you know had some success there. And I know we're able to part ways in a good ways and uh, have moved on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and now one of the board members uh, for the MICIA, the Can- Michigan Cannabis Industry Association, and helping fight the good fight with us there. And then also uh, culture, if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Culture. Me and those those darn yeah, cues, no, botanic a, culture. Speech yeah. problem as a kid, so it comes back now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, and then also we're gonna learn about your uh, your uh, your new brand that's coming out. Uh, we've been texting a little bit. I'm interested to hear about it more about it. So mm-hmm. put you on the spot. And but what I, I really want to talk about is you can kind of tell a little bit more about yourself. So anyone that didn't hear episode seven, uh, why you got into cannabis, and then. Um, you were recently uh, a part of the MRA's Racial Equity Work Group, and I uh, would love to hear about that. We've seen it in the paper, seen the press releases, and uh, yeah, take it take it from there. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. So um, the question was how I got how I got into yeah, this. Yeah, just how, how you got into the into cannabis. Not everybody <laughs> knows it was a it was a big deal, and okay. uh, um, from our from our standpoint, like I said when I first met you, and uh, you know, it was, it was uh, I believe, 2016, 15 is when you really came out. Yeah. Yep. 2016, no, November 1st. Uh, it was the day after, um, the day after um, 
Halloween. Yeah. So um, I, I, I remember that because that was the day that I, I officially left on October 31st. I officially retired from Fox. And so January, well, November 1st, when I made my announcement that I'm retiring from news, um, I just kind of put it all in there and said, hey, I'm retiring from news. You guys know I have multiple sclerosis. And so my doctors have said that it's I, I shouldn't be doing the stressful job anymore. And so I've decided to retire from news. And um, I've been using cannabis for this last year and it's helped me a lot. And it's still illegal for some reason. So <laughs> let's I'm joining the fight to legalization. And, and I did that mainly because I feel that um, Am I Legalized, which was the group that kind of spearheaded it all before Prop mm -hmm. 1, they they fought for ballot um, access and they were denied ballot access in 2016. And I felt that was to so unfair. And so, um, yeah, so we, we um, started the legalization thing all over again. And uh, in 2018, it was successful. And um, the same day on election day in 2018, we did Open Botanic in Corktown in Detroit. Uh, a, a year ago, <laughs> last February, we sold um, our we sold Botanic to an, um, a multi-state operator. So, yay! <laughs> and um, now we are in the process of building out a forty thousand square foot facility in Warren, <laughs> um, moving on to the cultivation side. That's my husband's project mostly, and uh, my project is I'm, I'm finally starting my edibles line. I'm starting with CBD because I've used CBD. Um, quite a bit more this past year. I had a seizure last year, and so I upped my CBD game, and so far, so good. And um, yeah, so I'm starting with CBD, and then hopefully in a couple of months, it will expand to a THC edibles line. Cool. So I've got all my recipes ready. I'm just you know, in the final negotiations with where I'm going to do it. And Ryan, you have been instrumental in helping me figure out all of these um, all this legalese, yeah, <laughs> you know, and all of these, all the ways that these deals are structured and it's, how do you do this? Mm -hmm. So thank you for being um, a resource um, and, and, and a mentor oh, for me. I, I appreciate your, <laughs> I appreciate your, um, your guidance in all of this. Thank but you. yeah, I think that's the, uh, the, the Cliff Notes version of what I'm doing lately. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so tell us about the, uh, the, the, the MRA's work group. Um, how you got involved in it, like what the process was, uh, you know, and then how it worked out to where you guys came up with some some findings and where do we go from from here? Yeah, um, I, I got a phone call from Briscoe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it started there. Um, Andrew Briscoe, the director of the Marijuana Regulatory Agency, um, he gave me a call and he said that he was putting together um, a, a work group to to um, further investigate or further expand the state's social equity um, um, requirements because it started off as social equity, but the state of Michigan realized that you know social equity um, was wasn't going far enough to address the fact that black and brown people were still not um, being involved in the industry, and so they turned they sort of transformed it into a racial equity task force to see what was uh, preventing black and brown people from being in the industry and what could be done to, to mitigate that. So um, they, the MRA assembled about 26 of us. They broke us up into uh, subcommittees. I, my subcommittee was expungement <laughs> and um, and health, health, medical marijuana, and health disparities in communities of color. And I was like, well, "This that's kind of odd for um, a business work group." 
But um, and expungement, let me back up. So expungement was our first task. But um, since the clean slate package of bills was already moving through um, the legislature, we felt that that was um, um, a, a, a decent package. It was it, it had bipartisan support. It addressed um, many of the issues that we we wanted addressed. So um, so we were fine with saying that we were okay with the clean slate uh, package of bills. We did add though that they should commute <laughs> Michael Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, or commute his sentence, or pardon him, or just let free Michael Thompson. That was <laughs> our, our our suggestion was you need to let this man out of jail, a prison, plain just he needs to be out of prison. And um, so that but that those were already those. Those projects were and processes were already in the works. That left um, medical marijuana and health disparities in communities of color. And from our work group's perspective, the biggest hindrance in minorities knowing more about the medicinal uses of cannabis, the biggest hindrance is their doctors. Their doctors are the ones that that will not talk to them about it, will not counsel them on it, will not help them use it. So. Um, I suggested that continuing education be mandated for medical professionals here in Michigan. Unfortunately, the MRA has no jurisdiction over those licenses, so they can't force those professions to do anything. But they can encourage and they can suggest and and they uh, they put it in as as an option. They're still working on the the education requirements for um, uh, provisioning center staffs. I know that those are still being worked out. But um, that was the main focus of my work group. There were other work groups. Um, the one work group, you know, suggested tax increases. Right. Yeah, so <laughs> bring that up. That got a lot of press, <laughs> right? And uh, and uh, that didn't go over very well. And and then another work group uh, suggested the the marijuana market. You know, which we were all. Um, I'm really f- in, in favor of that one. That was an, a novel way of, of, of raising funds. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there were 16 proposals that came out of uh, six months of work. And I think that uh, for the most part, though, it's a, a great start. The, the The problem that has not been solved is where does the money come from? Um, so that that's still a problem. And um and we'll see what happens from there because I am no longer on the group. And oh. <laughs> so it, it's disbanded, it now moves on. And so they um, they have a different group of people, some from this work group, some uh, some new people um, from the industry. And they'll they'll take the proposals and they'll move forward with them. So we'll we'll see what they come up yeah. with. I'm all for uh, I'm all for figuring out how to fund it, right, but not, not raising taxes. <laughs> and uh, right. maybe we just take some from the police or something like that. Make it real easy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I agree with you guys 100%. The, the funding is the, the major hurdle, and I think that's the major hurdle for anyone trying to get into the cannabis industry at this point. Um, hopefully, um, you know, when we get some kind of movement nationally on, on banking, that that'll free up some capital to get more people involved, uh, especially people of color. And I'm, I'm hoping that'll, that'll be a turning point. Um, it's such a difficult thing to try to work through. I'm sure you guys, you know, banged your head against the wall just trying to figure out what could make a dramatic effect. And I don't know that there's just one single thing that's going to make a dramatic effect. I think it's a, a culmination of small things and taking baby steps to get to a bigger eventual uh, place where it is more inclusive. Um, so I commend you on, on your work with that. Um, you had mentioned, um, you know, struggles with doctors. Um, you know, I, I had that 
I've, I've been a medical patient since 2002 out in Colorado, and and uh, that was that was a long time ago. And, and doctors back then they, they were not wanting to listen to that at all. Um, they wanted to if if you if you if you needed treatment, they there were at times where I was told that you know like I would need to pass like a drug screen to prove that I haven't been consuming any kind of other mm-hmm. drugs to get treatment, and that's just ridiculous. But um, you know, as a, as a follow up, I was just curious um, with your condition, how are your doctors been? Have they have they been tracking um, you know your treatment as far as the CBD use and things like that, and how it's had a, an effect with you, or, or is that something you've kind of handled on your own? In the medical field, I am labeled as a non-compliant patient. <laughs> <laughs> so Me there's too, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Me too. I'm I'm a non-compliant. So I, I as part of my um, uh, community outreach, I should say, I I do um I, I for the longest time I, I I would bounce around from neurologists. I would I would choose a new neurologist every every um, every year. But now I'm with a neurologist that I really like and respect, and I've been with him for two years now. Um, my doctors, for the most part. Um, they know what I do and, and they, they support it, but that's because I, I fired my doctors until I found the one who would be okay with what I'm doing and who could counsel me on that. So I've gone through quite a few doctors and, um, but no, my, my doctors, even though they don't counsel me on it, they, they actually, I counsel them on it because they ask me what's working for you. Um, I have doctors call me and, and say, how should I? How should I advise my patients? So um, doctors are, are, are leaning on their patients to give them guidance on how this how, how this medicine is being used, which is interesting. But um, but no. So my, my neurologist is on board. He he definitely wants to know more. He wants to learn more about it. And um and and he had no problem giving me my card. One of the few because my my other doctors would not give me my card. Would not give me a a, a recommendation for my card. I should say. So, um, but my neurologist is fine with it. My, um, my, um, my general practitioner is fine with it. But again, she's, she's like my fourth one <laughs> now. Um, so I had to get, to, I had to fire the other ones to get to her and say, okay, she's, she's fine with it. But yeah, so it, it's, um, I tell people, I find the doctor who's going to work with you and, and, um, keep looking. I mean, now that, you know, my, my mom is in Indiana and um, she uses CBD and she was afraid to tell her doctor. It's like, no, we're going to write it down. We're going to say this is this is the milligrams you're taking. Here's where it's from. Here's here are, here are the lab reports. No, it's um they they need to know that there are options because I think that there are some doctors out there. I think most doctors out there still want to um, have good outcomes for their patients. So if they can do this, um, it, it's unfortunate that our government prohibits them from doing this because this is good medicine and it makes you feel good too and greatest side effects yeah. ever happiness yeah. <laughs> more please that's uh <laughs> yeah no i couldn't I, 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 ryan real quick yeah i just i couldn't I couldn't agree more um i had the same issues you did bouncing from doctor to doctor till i finally found a doctor um, that was open and willing to treat me uh, as I am. And I think that that's what makes a really good doctor is obviously having some compassion and, and understanding of their patients. And um, I think that's great advice for uh, our listeners. If, if you go to a doctor and, and they're um, being hypocritical about your cannabis use because of um, you know their, their, uh, their beliefs, mm-hmm. um, move on, find somebody that's gonna treat you and treat you right because they are out there. I, th- I think there's oh, a lot good, of them. Oh, so, good, no, just yeah. I always Sorry get fired up about, about this, especially now because it's, 
that's uh you know we started when uh, i really saw i knew cannabis helped me a lot from the time i was about 12 13 i had i had uh they had me on flexorals for an injury and it was screwing me up three a day as a 13 12 year old and uh so i had a, I had to sneak cannabis and and people didn't know it i was using it playing sports and getting good grades so like but mm-hmm. um you know in 2010 and 9 i saw what was happening when you see you look at uh, uh people's uh you know actual x-rays and seeing uh seizure i mean uh seeing tumors uh being reduced or watching mm-hmm. young children there was a patient that i saw like had their seizure stop and I saw that and it changed me forever and that's when everyone that's when I lost it and started screaming to the rooftops about this but that was why it was mm-hmm. a big deal when you came on but just the fact that we've been talking about this and the medical professionals like we know they're crying wolf on this stuff and it's like please stop doing it on this we got serious issues like you got people that are like is right. the vaccine safe or not I I don't know they're telling me mm-hmm. marijuana is a schedule mm-hmm. one drug so like quit it like we got serious right. we got serious issues in the world and just it's it's not helping anything. So, and on that note, um, you know, they don't listen to the show, so I can talk about it. But I got you know, a ninety-year-old <laughs> uncle that came home and uh, mm-hmm. um, thought he was gonna thought he was gonna pass away, and uh, it was uh, some some anxiety stuff and things, and they were getting on stuff, and he got on first time I ever got on CBD, and now he's on gummies, and uh, uh, the whole family's getting on them, and I've been pushing this stuff for years, mm-hmm. and I got people telling me now. Uh, uh, and then his nurses come out and then he tells them and they're like, that's great. That's great. You know, and, and no one's given a hard time. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's, it's it's cool to see how far we come. But it's BS that we're still dealing with it. But anyway, sorry about yeah. that. That tangent. Um, okay. I'm curious, Q, because you, you had a long career in television and, and now you've mm-hmm. been in, you know, activism and, and cannabis. And we can talk about them, ICIA and your role there. But are you what's your what's your plans are you planning on like doing this for the rest of your life or do you in cannabis stuff or or uh do you even or do you know or have you thought that far ahead interested what am i you know this is this this is it for us (laughs) you know i turned 50 this year so um i'm i'm this is this is my swan song knock on wood right (laughs) famous last words but but no this is um i i i i I think i found my people here Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and it's it's wonderful the community that you can that you can build around cannabis. But um, I have to say that you know, and being retired these last four or five years, and and sort of semi-retired, um, I, I like this way of working now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm okay with um, you know my, my my husband. You know, he, he's the business guy, and so he's doing this business stuff, and and I'm I'm, I'm doing the education stuff. And um, so it, it's. I feel that this is this is this is the way that this is the right thing for me. And uh, this this is our business. This is the family business. So um, I, I I smoke every day. So it, it's it's my life. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm. I don't think I don't see myself going back to news. News um, is crazy and stressful, and I can I can this on this job I can smoke all yeah. day. <laughs> but even if I don't smoke all day, it's it's just. Um, this is more this is more in line with uh with who i am now you know this is i'm i'm we have so many issues in our society and so i feel like this is where god put me you know god was like you know i need you to work on cannabis in michigan so i'm gonna give you ms (laughs) um but i'm not gonna make it so that you can't you know do anything so i i I'm, i'm 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 lucky that um, I'm, I'm healthy enough to to um, 
to pursue my passion. And, and right now, this is my passion. I um, when I retired, I, I spent so much time in my in my kitchen baking everything with cannabis. Hmm. Um, that I, I and, and my family is like, who are you? You you're, you used to be the nerd, and now you're talking weed all the time. But it's, I'm still the nerd. But I'm like, have you heard of CBG? <laughs> have you heard of THCV? Have you you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's it's I'm I'm that that way now. But no, I, I feel that uh, this industry is, is just starting to bloom. For sure. So let's see where it goes. And I'm, I'm glad to be along for the ride. So yeah. Awesome. AQ, uh, speaking about working in the kitchen and whatnot, um, you got an edible brand coming out. Talk to us about that. Uh, you said you're launching it with the CBD. Um, talk to us a little bit about what uh, what products you have and uh, and what well, we can look for in the market. Well, the end of this month, my CBD line launches, and uh, that is going to be gummies <laughs> because people do love gummies. But I also yeah. have gel caps, gel gel caps, and tinctures. Even I, tinctures are very very um, um, I don't say universal, but they're flexible. You can you can put them in anything. So that's what I like about tinctures. So yeah, tinctures, topicals, gummies. Um, we'll start there. Delta Eight. Um, I know that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of controversy <laughs> about Delta Eight right now, but let me tell you, as someone who deals with insomnia, I sleep great with Delta awesome. Eight now. Granted, I mix it with THC. Okay. I do and CBG. <laughs> so, but um, and so that'll be coming down the line hopefully um, at, with the THC line. And and June or July, maybe maybe I'll I'll, I'll shoot for a seven ten. Uh, launch, oh, sweet. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but we we'll see where where it goes. I'm I'm I've I've had to put off this edibles line, the THC edibles line, for like a year now. So I hesitate to say when it's going to come out because there's so yeah. much more involved yeah. with the THC line. But uh, but we'll start with CBD because that's where a lot of people start, and um, yeah, and we'll go from there. Um, so it starts with that. My my edibles line is I'm I'd like to do something where my products don't have as much sugar as so many other products. I wanted to do something that was a little bit less on the sugar side. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing things along those lines. I don't want to say too much because I want to just come out. Okay. <laughs> but um, but, the, but the, the THC line is a, is a line that is healthy-ish and um, definitely the, the goal is not so much sugar. So, yeah. And in, in, in what brands culture. will that be yes. under? Will that be under the culture under line? Culture. Or? I, I yeah. think this okay. will be my last, knock on wood, <laughs> my, my last Q business. <laughs> so we have Botanic with the Q. Yeah. And so yeah, now yeah. it's culture. Culture is spelled Q-U-L-T-U-R-E. So make it, just for people who are tough listening. On me. Well, it sounds like with your with your timeline, it might work great for the, uh, the MICIA okay. summer mm -hmm. annual. So... Um, have you guys begin discussing what we might do this year? Are you going to do the tea party again, or where do you think that's going to go? Have you talked you know, to Robin well, at all? This, this these last couple of months have been kind of busy, <laughs> but um, I did tell her though I think that we we definitely should we, it should be in person again, and and, and so um, yes, I would love to have the tea party be um, a, an annual event. That would be fun. Um, but granted, you guys were golfing right yeah. when, <laughs> during my tea party last time, but. <laughs> I know, and and that's the problem. So we need to have it yeah. offset on yeah, timing sure. so that we can yeah. go to both. Well, actually, the tea party was was Robin's idea for people who did not want to golf. Oh, so. everybody had a blast. Yeah, so. well, I know. Blast. I, yeah, I get <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, I, and I'm doing yeah, tea parties sure. virtually now. They'll start this month too. 
So join me. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get yeah. get involved. Speaking on one of, of those. Uh, yeah, for you sure. You can find that information on Culture Club, by the Culture way. Culture Club. So sign up at Culture Club. Mm-hmm. Cultureclub.com. <laughs> Okay. I, I noticed you uh, mentioned CBG a couple of times. Uh, one of uh, the redemption strains of Pineapple Express is uh, over. usually about 2.5% CBG terpene. So that might be something uh, oh. you might want to check out. Uh, so. Yes. All right. <laughs> now, I will be doing that. Yeah, no, for sure. I love it. And uh, it's good to good to know the terpene profi- profiles to learn all that. Otherwise, you know, we, we can get into that otherwise. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to know more about... Um, your role the MICIA, uh, you know, I was uh, was the business development director there and it's very close to my heart and huge supporter. Um, felt like we had to have it or we would be not mm-hmm. be able to protect what we helped create. So what do you do with MICA and what's your role and uh, um, tell us why you serve? I'm, uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm the good troublemaker, <laughs> rabble rouser. <laughs> Um, I, I, I like to say, I like to think that I straddle two roles with MICIA. Um, obviously, um, it's, it is a business industry. It is a business association. And so the core of that is business and business development and making sure these businesses are strong and thriving and are assets to their communities. So that's the forefront of the mission. Um, however, I am a patient as well. <laughs> and so, what I bring to MICIA board is not just a business perspective, but I, I consider myself that little, you know, angel or devil on their shoulder, whispering, "What about the patients? <laughs> so, how does this affect the, pa- the patients? You know, because I have a lot of friends who, you know, are, are, are have mobile challenges, mobility challenges. Um, you know, we have a lot of people who are, you know, not everybody can afford four twenty ounces." <laughs> you know, so so we have to to make sure that we have an industry that um, addresses the needs of, of the multitude. That would be my goal. So I'm, I'm, my role for the MICIA is I'm, I'm part of the Speakers Bureau. So I'm one of those people who, who, who speaks on behalf of, of the of the of the association. But um, but also that um, that extra voice in the room who can speak not just from a business aspect from running botanic but also from a patient aspect and trying to to secure meds and trying to secure other products um and you know from from a and even from maybe a a pr marketing aspect from my my experience in tv I, i can help sort of navigate um, coverage in some aspects, let them you know, craft the message so that it's more, um, more, more effective and more coherent, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, I guess that's, uh, a couple of my hats. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. It's, uh, I loved, uh, yeah, I love it when uh, well, there's the press releases and there's a lot of hoopla about the uh, the taxes and you know you guys got right in front of that and and communicated and uh, yeah. so that was uh, you know that was that was well done. I'm sure you had a, a big part of, part to do with that. But how do you feel like uh, Michigan's stacking up across the rest of the the country with uh, with social equity and uh, you know um, how far are we from um, you think MRA having their, their plans uh, public? I think that social equity is a struggle for every state. I think it's um, also a struggle for Michigan 
because Michigan has laws in place that um, make it difficult to do racial-based laws. You know, Michigan has a, a law that 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 prohibits affirmative action-like policies in state government. This would definitely have been an affirmative action-type policy. It has to be. You know, we're we were tasked with um, resolving um, a wrong that involved the unfair targeting of black and brown people. But to solve that problem, we can't introduce race <laughs> into the equation. So that that made it um, a, a bit of a challenge. Um, I still, you know, when I look at what, Chicago, what what Illinois is doing, because people hold up Illinois and it's like, Brennan, what they did with expungement, we should have done with expungement. I, why, I don't understand why we couldn't have also pressed a button and gotten rid of 20,000 yep. um, um, charges and cases. That that seemed like something that we should have been able to do, but that didn't happen. Um, but Illinois has a, a fund and they're investing, they're putting money back into the communities that were affected by the war on drugs. But they're not supporting minority ownership of these businesses. They're, they're, they're doing things in the community. So mm -hmm. when people say, well, look at what Illinois is doing, Illinois is doing things a little bit different. So Michigan's goal was to make sure that minorities were represented in the industry. So it's a bit different. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that when there is no funding <laughs> and um, and no, no way of getting funding unless you raise taxes or you do some sort of private partnerships mm -hmm. or you find you know deep pocketed donors i don't know i mean have they called jay-z <laughs> you know he's in the industry now i mean um so it, it's um i think that across the board social equity in this country has been um a lot of planning but not so much implementation mm -hmm. and um yeah I, how we solve that, I don't know. But um, that's, I, I, I don't think, I, I'm, I'm not giving any state an A or B right. <laughs> for, for that matter. And for Michigan, it's just too soon to tell. You know, they, they we, we just gave them our recommendations in January. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I think that, you know, we'll see what happens with the, the marijuana market proposal. Let's see what happens with getting more communities to opt in. Let's see what happens with um, with um, the the micro business license mm -hmm. being expanded and improved upon. So there are some things that that could eventually lead to more minority participation in the industry. You just have to wait to see. Oh, so, uh, but money is a big it thing. Is. It is, and I you know I have a my, from my perspective. Uh, I was blessed by a private company. Uh, you know, Gage gave me fifty thousand dollars, and mm -hmm. I probably could have, you know, figured out a way to got that money. But then I would have had a lot of a lot of strings attached. Mm -hmm. And as as two uh, business owners on the show with me, that you know, that there's a lot that comes with that. So it's such a blessing to to have mm -hmm. your own uh, mm -hmm. destiny. I really want to figure out funding. Um, I feel like there's enough enough money there, but without raising taxes. If you raise the taxes, like right now, prices are getting good enough, or they're they're coming down and coming down, and the retailers are going to start lowering, and pretty soon, uh, that's how you uh, we look at the illicit market, and the only way you beat it is you outcompete it, which is what we all wanted to do mm -hmm. anyways, and which eventually 
will probably happen. But one comment I want to make, I know Kevin's got another question, is, and Tom always brings it up on the show, is why is it, and, I, and I, I'm glad that we do, but why is it that it seems like cannabis is the only industry that they're asking to to fix all the wrongs of, of all these things and prohibition and, and you know, there's a lot of other groups. Uh, yeah, like we're, we're the good guys in cannabis for the most part. We may mm-hmm. help make it legal, but there's a lot of other uh, industries out there and maybe it's time, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely the redheaded stepchild with banking and taxes and, and, and uh, everyone looking to us and I, I want to do it, but I, I think maybe, uh, maybe some other industries might want to jump on board as well, as is my point. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they should. Yeah. And, and that's a valid point. And, and I remember somebody, someone asked me about, for example, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, companies have, have posted their social equity plans and a lot of companies didn't. <laughs> and, and, and a reporter asked me, well, why, why do you think that they didn't? And I said, well, I, I think that there may be this belief that there's maybe a, a sentiment that is growing in the cannabis industry where it's like, why do we have so many excess requirements? You know, I just miss excess, but added requirements. It's, it's, does, does Walmart have to put out their social equity plan? <laughs> you know, what about Target? You know, what about your, your liquor store down the street? <laughs> you know, you have all these businesses that don't have these, these added requirements. And so maybe there is some sort of pushback there. But when it comes to cannabis in particular, I, I, I can see why they would start with it. Because the, 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 pe- the, the enforcement was just egregious. It was just, it was, it was ridiculous. It was, if, if you, and again, you know, you are an outlier, you know, so you, when you, when you look at the, the, the grand scope of it, that so many black people and, and, and Hispanic people got locked up for this. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were white, you know, the, the authorities looked the other way. So, so many times. It's, this was just such a blatant case of you targeted these communities in particular. So let's start there with trying to make these communities whole because you've waged this war for 60 years and you've decimated these communities in particular. And hey, kudos to the people who wrote Prop 1. You know, I think that would be, you know, you guys. <laughs> um, because they, they they put that in there. They acknowledged and they, they, they recognized that this was so wrong on, on such a higher level that that we need to start with social equity, racial equity in this industry first, because if we're going to all of a sudden say, hey, you can make some money. Meanwhile, we ignored other people using it and locked up these people for using it. Let's do something to make that right. So I can understand why you would start with, with cannabis, but you don't have to stop with right. cannabis. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's incumbent upon every business to do something in their community to make their community better. So it shouldn't just be all on us. Yeah, Ryan uh, actually kind of t- took my, my question there, but yeah, no, you're 100% right. Um, we asked for this. Um, that's why mm-hmm. it started with us. Um, but uh, I think that the responsibility falls on the entire country to step up. Um, I hope that, and, and I think the reason that we put this in there was the hope that this would spark something bigger. Um, has anybody reached out um, about broadening the scope of this thing? And, and what do we do as the next step? Have, have you had any discussions about what, what we can do to, pr- to push it forward? We've gotten this far. We've, we've had the program within the state's marijuana division, but we gotta, we gotta take it to the next level. What, what's the next step? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't. I, 
I, I don't I don't know I I, I really don't I, I would guess the, the the next step is to take those those few proposals those 16 proposals well I, I would say 14 <laughs> because the tax proposals were 15 and 16 <laughs> so I would say take the 14 and 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 let's start there but um but yeah but also too let's let's find a way to you know it's definitely worth a look I'm gonna I don't I would hesitate to put more requirements on any business right now because of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, when you look at, at what's driving, um, you know, small businesses drive our, our communities and they're hurting right now. So we put it on Walmart. And maybe Amazon. this isn't the year to do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's put yeah. it on. Let's put it on the big companies that have shed the responsibility of doing anything proactive to help our country for the last, you know, 20 years as they've grown these corporate giants into into these machines that just turn billions and billions of dollars for their executives. Mm-hmm. Let's give some responsibility to those people to step to the plate, do what's right. And, and let's get this thing headed in the right direction. You know, I mean, it's only it, it's only the right thing to do so. Um, uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you again for your advocacy in this area. Um, you know, um, it takes people to stand up to what's wrong, and, and you're doing that, and, and it's uh, very commendable. So thank, thank you. Thank you, and thank you guys for what you oh, do. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. just, as I, as I always say, I was late to the party. You guys were already partying. Uh, we were partying, but <laughs> so. you, you came when, you came when yeah. we, uh, we needed you, so uh, that was a... Uh, that was Thank big. You. Uh, it gave us a lot of credibility because we, you know, we got we got laughed at a lot uh, for m- multiple yeah. years. <laughs> uh, but with that, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to help. Thank you. A little bit of that you just tell, if telling the truth helped. Then hey, glad to well, do it. There's a lot of people not telling the truth, so um, yeah, yeah, it helps. So for I sure. wanted uh, we we uh, we got a little late start. I know we got some hard outs and everyone's uh, busy here, mm-hmm. so. Uh, Kevin, you kind of did, uh, you know, wrapped up a little bit. Anything else you'd like to say? No, I just, th- like I said, it's. I think it's everybody's responsibility to to make a fair effort uh, to correct the wrongs of the past. Um, and uh, it's it's just time that we all step up. I appreciate um, Q coming on the show today. It's always fun to, to get a chance to chat with you. I can't wait to meet you in person at some point. Maybe we'll share yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, this summer we'll definitely uh, we'll chat it up in person. And I'm looking forward to it. So uh, thanks again for coming on to the show. Uh, and be safe out there, okay? Thank you so much. And I'm looking for tea and, and, and a little bit more in that cup. So, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Anything you'd like to, to say before we go, Q? Well, first, as always, thank you for the invitation and for having me. I appreciate the time and the conversation. Um, tea parties are not just for women. So um, the last Thursday of every month, uh, feel free to join us online, um, cultureclub.com to sign up. Um, that's with a Q, Q-U-L-T-U-R-E, <laughs> club.com. And uh, yeah, seven to nine, last Thursday of the month, end of month on a high note. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's keep this thing growing. Yep, that sounds great. And uh, for me too, uh, I know Kevin echoed it. Thanks, thanks Q for everything you've done. And uh, on a lighter note, I heard you say something I've been saying lately. Um, you know, you get to smoke on the job and how often is that? Um, you know. <laughs> I, I I had a New Year's resolution that lasted about three days. It's the only one I missed. But like I, now I'm saying I need to keep the plan in me to make good de- decisions all day long. So um, mm-hmm. that's just how it's going. So <laughs> yeah. uh, with that, um, another great show. Thanks for being on uh, Q and Kevin. And uh, we'll see everyone next week. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? 
Contact us at RyanB at RedemptionCanada.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.